there is no truth to rumour that, that Dave and I could only get half a sermon each, so you, that was why. There's two of us. Um, it's not because we've had too much turkey and we couldn't find the wherewithal to produce a sermon. Um, we've been talking about, uh, and Dave and I, and, um, and the other directors, but particularly Dave and I, just, you know, what, what is it that uh, we want to convey at the beginning of the new year, of, of what uh, God is doing and what, what we are stirring, being stirred to do. So we want to share that with you. Um, yeah, okay. Matthew 11, verse 12, is a, a verse that is... is um, it's interesting. If you read through different translations of the Bible, it's translated in all sorts of different ways. It, it, and if you read differently, it's really difficult to understand what it's saying. Um, and um, so... I, and that's the NIV, which doesn't help me a lot. So, but no, here we go. Because I've got... Because <laughs> I've, I've landed on the New Living Translation. It, it, it does help, but it, it's... it's it, what does that mean? The kingdom of heaven has been subjected to violence and violent people have been raiding it. Um, uh, I'm not quite sure. I prefer the New Living Translation, and I'll read it. So, and there's nothing wrong with what... I know I did tell Jane that we were trying the New Living Translation, but I think we've got four Bibles on the system, and, and the New Living Translation is not one of them, as far as I'm aware. But... Um, in the New Living Translation, it says this, And from the time John the Baptist began preaching until now, the, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing, and violent people are attacking it. Okay, it's, and, but what the sense is that the kingdom of heaven advances forcefully, but it is opposed. That, that, that's that's a, an ongoing reality. It's, it's, not, it's not a truth that disappears. You know, it's not that suddenly... Life becomes uh, just a bed of roses, and, and, it, and it, we don't live in, in neutral territory. We live, we live in a place where we're having to gain ground. Uh, and particularly when you're fighting for ground, like, like with the school, like we did for Eastgate, then, then it is, it's hostile spiritual territory um, because, because there's something about gaining ground that, 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 that the devil really doesn't like. It. Um, so <clears throat> I have no doubt that, that we are in a, a, a battle. It's not against flesh and blood. It's against principalities and powers. Yeah? So that, that's, that's quite clear. And God has given us the armour to fight that battle. Um, and I love we were singing um, God suit, Put Your God Suit on this morning. I like, yeah, that's a great song. Because it's all about the armour of God. Isn't it? But, so it just, and it helps you remember it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there's, there's a lot of truth. You know, and I, sometimes we don't talk a lot about that stuff because we, 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 you know, we believe in the goodness of God. He's a great God. And he is. And we've got favour. We've got all this resting upon us. But actually, there is time when you really have to fight. And, and also, what I learned is, is, is that you don't... Um, you don't put your armour on when it seems like you need it. And that might seem a bit strange. No, you put your armour on all the time. Because <laughs> I don't take off my righteousness and you know, the truth. This is stuff that I, I wear. It's not sort of, oh, I need some help. Put my armour on. No, I live in my armour. Yeah, the shield of faith is there to extinguish every flaming dart. Well, it's not as if the devil stops firing his arrows. So my, my shield of faith is, is forever active. And um, so, and last year when I was, I was sort of beginning of the year just uh, setting out the, the scene, so to speak, I said that the challenge facing Eastgate was, uh, was not lack, but of abundance, of how we would steward abundance. And I think that's true. And we have stewarded abundance, I think, well. Um, and uh, I've got a whole list of stuff. It would take me forever to actually go through the list of Dave and I were doing this and thinking. But just think what's happening, you know, um, in terms of what has developed here. 
You know, for me, heaven in healthcare is just suddenly cracking out. You know, it's amazing what's happening. And everywhere I turn, you know, God is doing stuff in, in the health world, and there's a catalyst going on. Isn't it amazing that, that, that Eastgate TV has been seen in 90 different nations? <coughs> yeah, I guess, I, I, you know, that's the first time I've heard that. I think the last time I heard it, it was 26. I thought, 90? It's 100 now. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. <laughs> That's from, is that, no, seriously, so that's another ten nations within the last couple of weeks. That is amazing. Well, that, just, that is phenomenal. If you tell me that, <laughs> no, that we'd start an Eastgate sort of TV, you know, YouTube channel and we, we'd reach a hundred different nations, I don't know. It's only been going, it's list, this year would be going, isn't it? We've reached a hundred nations in a year. Wow, that is literally beyond what I'd asked or imagined, which I will be talking about more. <laughs> That, 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 it is, I'm, just, I'm, I'm taking it all in. I think, wow, that is mind-boggling. We're part of that. <clears throat> and, um, and that, you know, some things you get through inheritance, which is you haven't worked for, you haven't gained, they're just given to you, it's yours, they're gifts. But another side of the kingdom is actually you have to fight for stuff. And I feel at the moment there's, there's, there's some fighting going on. And we need to know how to, to how to do that. Um, and one of the um, one of the prophetic words that, that's been key to us in, in uh, our advance over the last uh, coming up for ten years is that God called us to be a, a beachhead for freedom. The, the picture is of a D-Day beach, uh, which had to be taken, and then the resources uh, for the liberation of, of, of a continent were able to pour through. Uh, a beach that had been taken with a great deal of force. Um, and for me, I, I've been thinking, I, broadly speaking, I've, I've applied that just generally over, over Eastgate, but within the last couple of months I've realised that actually it's got not just a broad one, but some specific applications. Um, what I see happening with, with Heaven in Healthcare now, it seems like we've broken off the, out of the beachhead. For, now, beachhead is a place where you've got enemy action that's pinning you down. You know, you, somehow you've got to take out the machine gun posts. Um, uh, but, and then, but once, once you've, once you've established people, once you've taken out the enemies there, then you're free to actually liberate the nation. And the nations, that, that's the point. It's not to stay there and play sandcastles. It's, 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 it's well, heavenly healthcare is like that. I'm saying, wow, this is amazing. It's, it's all, and, whereas for years it's felt like you've got machine guns going on. You, know, you don't put your head above the para, above there. You, wow, getting shot. You've known that, haven't we, Liz? And so we've known some of that stuff. But there's a sort of breaking out of, of that. And for me, I thought education. It was edu- with education. You thought we got to that point. You thought, yeah, we're going to get off the beachhead, and we sort of stuck our heads up, and then suddenly there's another machine gun here. Whoa, we didn't, we didn't know there was another one up there. Now, what, what will be a mistake is to think that we've not made advance. <coughs> yeah, we have made significant advance in that, but we're, there's still one or two machine gun placements out there, that, 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 and that has got our heads down for the moment. But we need to pray for the strategies of God to take those out, so that actually we can boust out. And I, I, as I've been praying about this, I'm, I'm thoroughly, thoroughly convinced that God wants to give us more than we would have initially asked or imagined in a whole world of education. And I think it's that. It's not just about a school. I think it's in the whole world of education. Will, will we battle for education? Because I think it's very easy to think, well, we'd have, oh, we'd have a nice school, it'd be nice to have a little bit of influence into that, and it almost like be like our thing. I think God said, no, no, it's 
bigger than that. It's lovely to see you here, Denise, and I, you know, I know that God's actually breaking forward with you this year. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll prophesy over you in a while, okay? So, um, do you understand what I'm saying? There, there's, it's, it, it's, it's bigger. Um, and I, because the kingdom of heaven is always enlarging, yeah? It's, it's not getting smaller. Um, so, so that, that we're excited about. Um, and I'm excited, and I do, I do believe God works all things together for good. Um, then the other side of things is, is, at the beginning of every year, this is about me, me personally, I, I renew my choice to follow Jesus. And, and, just that, that, and, and, and moment, Dave's going to come and, and, and share some stuff in a moment. And, but he and I have been talking about it. We thought, actually, one thing we really want to help you understand is that we are on a mission together. That we are, we're in an army together. We, we, we're here to liberate people. But the greatest liberation people can get is to be born again. We've got some great stories of, of, of healing uh, recently. Yes, yesterday, healing centre. I'm jealous I wasn't there. I was at the conference in Leicester. I thought, oh man, I wish I'd been in the healing. Not that I was having a bad time in Leicester. I just I wanted to be, <coughs> be in the healing centre. Glory, glory, everything was happening, and there was, this is one story, the lady who came in, who was a friend of, is this right? You can, you can back me up on this, do you want to come up and, and you can back me up on this, because I know, we could take a long time. <laughs> There's a lady who came in, uh, who, Beth? Yeah, Margaret, yes. Got, no, not one, sorry, I'm stuck. There you go. Yeah, um, she's an elderly lady, wonderful Christian woman, been serving God, and her hearing has just been diminishing, diminishing. And she actually drove here yesterday with some people, and she couldn't hear him. She was getting so frustrated. And um, she sent an email. So I got her testimony, which was that, first of all, she felt very loved, which I didn't say that. She came in, and she felt incredibly loved. And, um, and then, um, or maybe some others should share this, but through the process of her learning what was going on here as well, and they came over to talk to her, and I understand they told her to put her, her hearing aid away, yeah. and, um, and she could hear them. She could hear them. She didn't need her hearing aid. She took them off. So um, she was giving testimony today in church as well, but um, she's an amazing God. Uh, God is an amazing God, and what he's done for her is incredible. Fantastic. So, yeah. so, hmm. Isn't that great? Part of the story, as I heard it, was that she, she, she decided she'd take her hearing aids out. Uh, and she came in, and, um, and then somebody on the human centre team, oh, oh uh, be careful where you put those, because you're, you're probably going to need them. <laughs> and, and, and this is the funny bit, so she said, oh yes, I'll be careful where I put them. Now you have to think about this for a moment, because she'd already taken the hearing aids out. <laughs> so she heard. <laughs> it's really funny, isn't it? You think, I just, I, it really does amuse me. How much faith do you need to, 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 to move a mountain? Well, we're going to pray for you. Be careful where you put your nose. You're probably going to need them later. Yes, I'll be careful where I put them. Oh, I think I've just been healed. It's, it's hilarious, isn't it? Really? You're thinking, ah, yeah. Why? God loves healing people. Why does he love healing people? Because he loves people. Why does he love saving people? Because he loves them. And 
And we want to give people the wonderful choice of, of choosing Jesus and following him. But before I just hand over to Dave, I want, to just you, I want you to take a moment. And I can't make this decision for you, but, you know, I, I know that, the, that, that following Jesus is a continual choice. Now, I, I chose to follow him when I was 16, but I've had to continue choosing to follow him. And my, the sadness is that, that not everybody does. That's the reality. It's, 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 a, it's a harsh reality. It's a, it's a sad reality. Not everybody chooses to keep following. And I said it this morning, I just want to say this, that, that choosing to follow D- Jesus is to expand your life, not restrict it. A lot of people think that, that following Jesus is a restriction, but that's not the gospel. The gospel is he wants to give you more than you'd ever ask or imagine. You know what? If you don't follow him, you won't get more than you ask or imagine. You might get what you imagine. It might be great, but actually he wants to give you what you haven't even imagined. And the only way that's going to happen is as you choose to follow him. Do you understand that? That's, that's how big he is. That's how much he loves you. That's... He wants to take you into his ever-expanding kingdom. And he'd love you to keep walking with him through this year. So I want you to take a moment just to decide. Close your eyes and choose to follow the King of Kings. He loves you with an unending love. I'm going to hand over to Dave now. I've left him with the highlight from 2017. was a highlight um, yeah. <laughs> 100 million people were saved last year some of them probably in those 90 countries or 100 countries that we've got the um, you know uh, Eastgate TV into isn't it that, that is mind-blowing, isn't it? Uh, and uh, on the one hand, it's kind of mind-blowing, and we had a very British response, which, which is okay, because, you know, that's, it's okay to be British. We don't want to knock that, okay? And I think there are two reasons for that. One is we're British, uh, the, <laughs> and the other is, that's great, but it's not happening around here. Yeah? At least that's, that would be my assessment. And, and, and sometimes it has kind of the reverse effect. It, well, do it here, Lord. Well, there's no re- absolutely no reason why God can't do it here. And you know, God is sovereign in the harvest, but he's also, said, he's also told us that the harvest is ripe. And probably about a year ago, I, I, God was impressing on me to start declaring this is a season of salvation. And I've, you know, I'll be honest with you, sometimes I've been declaring it, thinking, well, okay, Lord, where is it? Okay, I mean, look at the spaces around you on the chairs. I mean, you shouldn't be going to a Christian meeting where there are spaces. Do you realize that? That that is not all that Christianity should be. You shouldn't be, now, this is not to say that you're not being faithful and, you know, please show up next week and, you know, and, uh, you know, Dave told us we couldn't come if there were empty spaces, so we can't come. You know, that's not the way it works. Uh, 
But, you know, this is, you know, what's our model? It's the book of Acts, isn't it? And the model of the church is, is continually growing. And we've had tremendous growth here at Eastgate. But for, for the last, most part, it's been God adding Christians to us. We've seen some people saved, but we don't talk in terms of this continual process. Now, let me just back off for a moment and, and tell you what happened to me right at the beginning of the new year. So I was at my, uh, literally the morning of the new year. Everybody, were you all awake then? Seeing the new year in? So maybe it's, you know, my bedtime's 10 o'clock usually, but no, it's not actually. But, you know, but that, this time of year, you stay up, you know, later, don't you? And I went to uh, my son uh, and his wife, my uh, wife's, uh, my wife, my daughter-in-law is Lithuanian. And uh, often when they have a party, you know, it's, it's mostly Lithuanians there. It's all good fun. You can't understand a word they're saying. But, uh, you know, it's, uh, some of them speak English and you soon discover the ones that can't, you know. <laughs> and, uh, but anyway, it was about 20 people at this party. And uh, on that evening, we decided that sort of on the, on the hoof, really, to actually celebrate the new year for Lithuania at 10 o'clock. So we did that one. We all sang some Lithuanian song that I've got no idea what it was. But, you know, la, 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 la. I was just going along with it. And then actually one of our friends, uh, members of the church here, um, Anais, uh, married to, to James. Uh, some of you will, will know who I'm talking about. They were at the party as well because they're friends with, with my son. And of course, Anais is from France. So at 11 o'clock, we celebrate the French New Year. Okay. Now, you can imagine uh, the drink is flowing freely at this, <laughs> at this point. We've already had two New Years. And uh, at 12, 12, 12 o'clock, um, you know, we, we eventually get around to the, the, the real New Year. <laughs> and we do that. And, you know, put, he's, got, he's got a big telly. And so we watch all the light, you know, the fireworks at uh, London Eye and all that sort of thing. And then uh, just after that, I'm standing in the kitchen. And I've noticed one of the, uh, one of the couples, they've got a teenage uh, daughter, and uh, I'm just having this conversation with one of the Lithuanian guys, and teenage daughter comes up, and uh, she's you know, obviously about to make, a, you know, get into the conversation. She says to me, are you a priest? Now, she's obviously been talking, and, you know, with other people. She knows my, my son, and, you know, maybe it's got out that I'm a sort of pastor or a leader, you know, in a, in a church. So she's intrigued by that. But most Lithuanians have a Catholic background. And uh, so she wants, you know, so church leaders, they're priests. So that, that's why she asked me a question. Well, I, we, we talk around that a little bit. And then she, it turns out that she, her friend, one of her best friends, comes here, Charlotte. Charlotte Taylor, you might know Charlotte and Gary and Cheryl, uh, her parents. And they're at school together. And Charlotte has been busy witnessing to, uh, to her friend and... Um, you know, and, and it, interesting, actually, she said, uh, well, Charlotte describes your church as a progressive church. She said, what does that mean? <laughs> well, I'll leave it to your imagination. Uh, you know, what, what would you fill in that space? And then, and then you know, minutes later, she comes in with a kind of fantastic, I mean, this is like a girl in the sixth form saying, showing so much insight. She says, well, what actually is the main goal of your church? I wish I was asking that sort of question when I was, you know, 17. And, well, I was, but probably in a different way, because I came, became a Christian around that time. What is the goal of your church? Now, you know, hundreds of things kind of flashed through my mind, you know, the vision statement of our church, you know, what kind of... I just looked at her and I said, well, the goal of our church... That's a really good question. The goal of our church is to introduce people to a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. 
Good answer. In the morning, they applauded at that point. But no, so. <laughs> I'm not looking for affirmation, but, but it's nice when you receive it. And uh, just to encourage you in that way, in that, in that respect. So, <laughs> why have I told you this? So here I am, beginning the new year, telling somebody about Jesus. And I, I think it's just a kind of one-off thing. But since then, I mean, I shared this, this story this morning and some of the things I'm going to say later. Somebody got saved in our nine o'clock meeting this morning just after that. We haven't got time to go there this evening, but you know, there's more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner saved than 99 righteous people. You know, so if a hundred, think about that. If a hundred million people got saved, I mean, that the angels must be getting hoarse at this stage. <laughs> Can you imagine being an, a, an angel in, oh, not another one. You know, <laughs> la, 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 whatever the angels do in heaven <laughs> to rejoice. That's a, very, that's a very earthly view of heaven. <laughs> I just want you to understand that. It's not like that. It's far more glorious. And, uh, but, you know, it does, it does stir you, doesn't it? So what, what is going on? And I sense this in my spirit, that something is happening. And as we've been declaring this is a season of salvation, beginning the new year, talking to somebody about Jesus, seeing somebody saved in our meeting this morning, even before we heard that news, it was quite interesting. As I was, as I was saying this this morning, two, just over here, two hands went like that. Right? One, was, one was Emily, uh, Tim, Tim's wife, and, and David Lower, who's some, where's, where's Helen? Oh, yeah, got, 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 the, got the other halves on the front row here. And uh, being the teacher, I, I wanted to say, oh, you've got a question. Uh, which I did say, have you got a question? And Emily says, no, I just want to receive what you're saying. I said, yeah, you do. Didn't you? There, there's something in the atmosphere. God is shifting for you tonight, not just the morning services, but for you tonight in what God is doing evangelistically amongst us. Right, even before we had, uh, be, before the meeting of Sigma, I was just meeting with Fiona uh, and Mark, as you may know, they have responsibility for the evangelistic strategy in, in our church. And we're just saying, you know, they, the, the, there are incredible things happening, you know, and it had been happening for a number of years. So we've been sending teams out into the streets of Gravesend for eight years now. We're involved in all sorts of project, projects like the Homeless Project, like the <coughs> Sanctuary, Street Pastors, Food Bank. You know, we have initiatives, Heaven in Healthcare, our Healing Centre, Heaven in Business, you know, Heaven in Education, <coughs> Heaven in probably all, all sorts of things, Heaven you know, <laughs> Heaven in your lives, you know, your own personal evangelistic, uh, you know, endeavors. And, and yet, there's this kind of mismatch with what we've been sowing and what we're reaping. And, and you could get very, you know, there are many evangelists who get uh, in Britain who get disappointed by that and discouraged by that. But God's word says what the harvest is plentiful, ripe. It's ready. <laughs> You're all reading different versions of the Bible. That's very impressive. <laughs> and in the Greek, it means, I have no idea. But uh, <laughs> all those things. Right. The harvest is ripe. It always has been. It always will be. And, and uh, you don't know, do you? I mean, so I didn't know when I was talking to this, uh, this girl from the Lithuanian background that she had a friend who has been beavering away, talking to her about Jesus. And I'm just coming along, and I get the sort of 
maybe she doesn't get that $160,000 question, you know, what's the goal of your church? Which gives me the opportunity to tell. But when I talked to Charlotte afterwards, she was so encouraged. Here's another person from my church talking to one of my friends about Jesus. Believe me, friends. If, believe me, friends. Believe me, friends. You have got friends where that is happening all the time. It's just that you don't know it. See, evangelism works like that. Every person that you're telling Jesus about is like an iceberg. Yeah, you should meet some of my friends. They're just like icebergs. (laughs) There's so much going on under the surface that you're not aware of. Why? Because Jesus says the harvest is ripe. Your friends are ripe for salvation. So ignore all the outward indifference or defensiveness or even rejection that you may have experienced to your friends, because actually that is all topped by what God is doing in their lives. So is, it's one of those classic things, isn't it? Is what you're experiencing, which may be indifference, it may not be more indifference, it may be actually quite interesting, but not quite interesting enough to come to church, or not quite interesting enough to come to a, you know, a, an evangelistic course, not quite interesting, oh, it's so frustrating, isn't it? I've got all these people who are just kind of, kind of, kind of quite near. Are we going to be dictated by our experience or are we going to say to our experience, you know, the harvest is ripe. And although Jesus said, uh, then followed on by saying, and the laborers are few, actually, I don't think that's true any longer. Sorry, Jesus. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? I mean, when Jesus said it, it was true. And it's true in that sense. God, I've got myself in real trouble here, haven't I? Dave Webster says Jesus wasn't saying that. But, you know, you see what I mean? Jesus said that because he knew that at one stage and in many stages in history, you know, there would be many laborers. Now think about it. There are more laborers in this room this evening than Jesus had as his close apostolic band. Three times. There are, tonight, if you're a church, which you are, you know, you know what I mean, <laughs> There's three times as many people in Jesus that Jesus had. I know they're a wider dis- discipleship group, but you know the, the 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 core group. We represent more than that, and as Pete's already told us, we're you know we're training to be apostolic. It's interesting, isn't it? The laborers are not few now. You know. In world terms, even a church of 500, of which you are part, is quite small. In terms of our population, it's quite small. But boy, you are powerful. That's what, that's what it means, you know. So, I don't know if you're like that. You read that scripture, the harvest is right, but all oh, the laborers are few. Where does your heart settle? <laughs> it's oh, so easy to settle on, oh, well, yeah, yeah, well, it's tough going, the laborers are few. Yeah, even Jesus said that, and what he said was true, although Dave Webster has now said it's not true. (laughs) The harvest is ripe, and there are many laborers. And if you will, as Pete said, you know, just to compliment what he's saying this evening, if you will follow Jesus, then the fish are going to be jumping into your boat. What do I mean by that? Well, this is a, an illustration that, that Mark and Fiona had some, some little, little while ago. Really good. I think Tim used it as well in a video or somewhere, didn't you? You know, this lovely picture. Ask, uh, Mark, actually, you've got a copy, haven't you? So, if, uh, you know, 
you want to hold it up? I know it's a little bit small to see, and we didn't hand plan this, so we can't put it on the screen. But I think it's a kind of fishing trip somewhere out in South America, isn't it? And literally, the fish are jumping into the boat. I don't know if you can see that. Into the net, okay? And there is a, sh- you know, at one o'clock in the morning in my son's kitchen, I didn't imagine that I would be talking to somebody about Jesus. And I, I'm going to pray for you in a moment. I want to pray that there's a, a shift in the atmosphere of your community, of your friendship group, where you suddenly find people are talking to you about, about him. For years in my own family, you know, I, I, in my, my family, they had a kind of strange reaction to be, me becoming a Christian, and I didn't always act very wisely uh, in the way that I tried to witness to them. So the kind of you know, the, the, the drawbridge went up, the defenses went up. And that was, it was like that for a long, long time. I tried to give them books and, you know, and, and keep praying for them. I was always quite disappointed in their response. And then one day, we're sitting down at a family anniversary, and both my sisters asked me you know, about Jesus. In fact, my younger sister says this, my friends are always asking, what happened to David? Why has he become a Christian? Or, you know, or words to that effect. And I thought, you have never told me that. For years, I've just been thinking you are, you know, you put the drawbridge up, you're being defensive, and you've never really been open. And then suddenly something happens. And then my other sister in the same event said, it picks up the conversation. And as a result of that conversation, that sister gets saved. That can happen in your family, can't it? So that what the harvest is ripe. You just don't know. All you've got to do, see, all you're responsible for is just being there and responding. And I guess if you've been in this church long enough, you will know now that it's easy to pray for people to be healed. Yeah? We're not on a 100% record on that yet, but that's what we're moving towards. But, you know, you're used to, hopefully, if you're more newer to the church, this may not be quite true to you, but we, we believe in healing here. Have you noticed that? and we pray for healing, we encourage you to pray for healing, whether they're Christians or non-Christians, whatever circumstances you are. And equally, we're asking you to prophesy. Often that looks like, well, you're just with somebody and saying, God, um, this is a great conversation, but what have you got for this person? One of our students from the school was going back to the pharaohs, and uh, you might know her, Normie, and uh, she was going back to the fair, uh, at Christmas, and she gets a plane to Copenhagen, in order then to fly up to the pharaohs. And she's sitting on a plane. She thinks, this is a great opportunity. She's in a plane, you know, lots of stories about, you know, witnessing to Jesus to, to people on the plane. So she sits down with this, this English couple, and they get into conversation. She has, you know, the, a word from God for them, then ends up praying for them. And then she says, uh, so where are you from? And they said, we're from Kent. She said, oh, I'm from Kent. She said, where, where, they say to her, where do you live? Oh, I live in Greenhive. And uh, I said, where do you live? We live in Gravesend. Now, even I, who have lived in Gravesend, uh, lived in Gravesend 25 years, I thought, do people from Gravesend fly to Copenhagen? That was my first thought, you know. Does that actually happen? You know, I don't know why I thought that. You know, so. <laughs> but what are the chances? What are the chances of being on a plane, flying to the Pharaohs via Copenhagen, sitting with people who are from Gravesend, who you then get the opportunity to share Jesus with? It's a setup, isn't it? Believe me, folks, that can happen time and time again. Are you ready for it? Are you ready for it? So what the, the prophetic 
vision, if you like, or compulsion we have at this beginning years is kind of get ready for that. You're ready for healing. You're ready to speak into people's lives. Get ready to introduce them to Jesus. What's the goal of this church? Well, there are many goals, but at the heart of it, we are here to introduce people to Jesus Christ. To let him be be touched by his love and forgiven for their sins, you know, and be saved for eternity. I think Pete said this morning, even our healing, much as we love it, is only restricted to this world, isn't it? And, And we, you know, we've been redressing a balance in our own lives and in the church generally to get healing on our agenda because it's part of that gospel. But actually healing somebody's body is not going to save them for eternity. It's amazing when you read the Gospels and other people get healed and don't seem to get saved. Well, the Gospels don't tell us all that we'd like to know about those people. Maybe many of them did respond to Jesus. But actually what we need to get is the whole Gospel over to them, which is actually that Gospel that's represented by Jesus' death and resurrection and is a call for them to turn away from living their own lives, turn away from their sins and turn in faith and trust in Jesus for that salvation. Amen? So, Will, can I just pray for you? And I'm going to hand back to Pete. Uh, I think you're going to prophesy. Are you going to prophesy over people? Um, actually, I, just want, I want to prophesy over you too, because I think that, first of all, uh, just that king lifter picture for you is actually God saying, and I know we've just had the, you know, we've just been talking about evangelism as well, but I just think on the back of that, God's saying you're on the right road. Right, you are on the right roads. Why don't you just lift your hands? I'm just going to pray for these guys because they carry huge responsibility for what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just doing the talking tonight. These are the guys that are going to help deliver it. Father, I just want to thank you for Mark and Fiona. And we just want to release your presence over them. Lord, thank you for seeing that lorry, that, you know, that king lifter picture. And Lord, we want to lift them up to you and say, God... We recognize the road that they're treading, the pioneering that they're doing, the slipstream that they're creating for us in this church. And so, Father, we pray that you would bless that and that you would enlarge it, that you give them wisdom, you give them strategy, you'd open up, uh, Lord, there will be, yeah, there will be many laborers gathered around them for the harvest. Lord, we thank you that your, well, the laborers of you is a provocation because you were releasing more laborers in the harvest. And we've had more laborers than we can, than we can count in that sense. And so we just want to see them empowered. We pray that you would work through Mark and Fiona to empower more and more, that you would bless the, the dazzle course. We pray you would bless the writing that they're doing. Lord, that we would see many people raised up to just be uh, witnessing to Jesus and bringing the gospel into all sorts of places and in all sorts of circumstances. And Lord, we just see this harvest, the harvest that is ripe, being gathered in in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen? Now, if you'd all like to stand for a moment, raise your hands, open your hearts. It doesn't matter. You can open your hearts. Don't raise your hands. It's entirely, feel free. (laughs) Father, I want to pray now over, Lord, every situation that we're in now in our families, that you would open doors. Father, you would open hearts in our families. We pray, Lord, in our communities. We pray in our workplaces. Lord, wherever we are, Father, that you would shift the atmosphere. Just feel that shift now. God's coming to, to change things. To not, Although it's important for us to go out fishing, nonetheless, God is going to bring the fish to us. That actually there have always been fish around us. It's like they've always been there. And when we put 
I used to take my sons to the trout farm, and when we couldn't catch fish in the big pond, we would go to the little pond, and you would literally, there's so many fish in it, you'd put the, 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 the rod in and whip out a fish, and we had to kind of stop at six, because you had to pay for each one, and, <laughs> you know, take them out. So, Father, you have given us fish around us, all around us. And as we put our rods in, our nets in, Father, you're going to release a harvest to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Right. You're getting the idea. God so loves the world that he sent his son. And um, that, 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 you know, it's a very small word, so, is really important. He, he so loved that. A love that is that large is compelled to do something. You know, when, when you're really passionate about something, you, you, you have to do something. You know, and um, the Bible says that, 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 well, Jesus said this to his disciples, in the same way that I was sent into the world, so I sent you. So how are we sent into the world? To love the world. And... Um, we were talking with the guys at the morning meeting, saying, uh, so why did we create two morning meetings? Why, well, why do we have three meetings on a Sunday? You've got plenty of space. <clears throat> the, one, the major reasons that we, we, we actually have three meetings, which is most indulgent, <clears throat> is we believe that there will be a harvest. When we were doing the um, counting up, just of, you know, sending out emails for, uh, to the church family, for the Chris Fallerton uh, evening, um, we had to work out. Actually, it's not always easy to work out who's a member of, of Eastgate, and because and, we've got plenty of people who are sort of attached in different ways. But we thought, well, actually, and as we, you know, we basically were looking at uh, probably 500, 550 people up here. We actually got, so we had to count through. We got to, to <laughs> counted up the adult sort of membership of, of, of Eastgate, as we can understand the most, 500 exactly as adults, 200, 250. Children and youth in the church as well, so that's a church probably seven, seven hundred, seven hundred, seven hundred and fifty. And I, I said this this last year, but I'm going to say it again. So imagine how many of you would like to lead two people to Jesus and see them saved and added to the church within the next two years. Yeah, I'm going to have my hand. You should, you know, should have your hand up for this one. If, if, if you're not born again, then we'll help you. You can be help us with that. What does that mean? That would mean a church of about 2,000 people. Is that realistic? Yeah, it's totally realistic. If we believe the gospel works. You know, I, I don't say this with any not pride, but I'm, over the course of my life, I, I have no idea how many people I've led to Jesus. That's... That's directly, I actually also don't know how many people actually how I've influenced who have given their lives to Jesus without my having any knowledge of it. <clears throat> and I think we need to, to line up our expectation with, with the truth of the gospel, which is what faith is. What, which, and it's very clear what we've done with healing. Healing is now very much a, a, an expected part of Eastgate life. We need to make salvation a very much expected part of Eastgate life. That we, and, and, and again, this is something people come along and say, wow, it's such a big church. Don't know what, what, you know, what, what will I do there? What, what will I fit in? I want to tell you that there's a world out there. <coughs> so, so, 
you know, we come to church, we worship God, but we come to church because we love the world as well. We come to be equipped to reach the world. But actually, where are people going to be discipled? In here. So actually, there's a world to reach. You know, it's, it's, it's balmy to think that, you know, we've got everything sorted. Because that, that's only just about doing church. You know, we're not here to just do church. We're here to love the world. And the best way we can love people. So, now, <clears throat> if you're born again, okay, and if you're not then, then, and you want to be, then please talk to us afterwards because we'd love to lead you into a, a personal relationship with you. But if you're born again, are you glad you're born again? Yeah. Just imagine what it would be like if you weren't. Just for a moment, just think, what, what would that be like? Well, why would we not want other people to be born again? It, it, we've got to get away from the fact that, that this, this is somehow shameful news to be hidden. Now, this is, this is the best news. This is the best news. This is great news. Jesus is alive. He loves people. He wants to interact with them in their lives. He's got a massive plan and destiny for everyone on planet Earth. And we get the opportunity to lead people into that. There's no greater privilege on planet Earth, is there? I love seeing people healed, as I say. But the greatest miracle that we can see is actually people being born again. And then they are secure for all eternity. They have a relationship with God. The Holy Spirit is placed inside them. And, and literally, there is no limit to what can be done with their lives. And the Bible says this, it's, it's, uh, Dave's already alluded to it, but it's in Luke 15 verse 10. It says this, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. So when, when we've said, you know, somewhere around 100 million people were born again in the world last year. And we go, oh yeah. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. <laughs> Brilliant, love that, love those statistics. No, 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 That's, that, that, this is about 100 million people have eternal life. They will share eternity with you. The angels are excited about that. They say, hey, too much. Hey, they're talking the angels saying, not enough space. Where are we going to put them all? Oh, man, that's really going to muck up this rotors. Wow, I'm going to have to do those rotors again for eternity. You think, oh, God, man. Can't we just stop? No, no, over every one. Now, what I, and I, I've been thinking about this, meditating most, I, I, I'm not sure we have aligned ourselves with heaven's value system. I'm just, I, I'm, I'm, how much do I rejoice? We talk about heaven on earth? I'm not sure we, we, we've actually replicated that. This morning, here at Eastgate, somebody gave their life to Jesus. <laughs> and for me, I thought, I was so, I was so delighted. It's actually somebody that, that, that we've had contact with for a little while now. I don't want to, you know, it's up to them, their story in one sense, but uh, particularly because we obviously go out more broadly, but just, I think, isn't that maybe I felt, God, yeah, I want somebody, at least one person, to be born again every Sunday. Why not every meeting? Well, let it start to build. Why not then the tens and the hundreds? There are hundreds of us. We shouldn't be satisfied with one, two, three. 
You know, it, it should be floods of people. We've got good news. We really have. And I just think, actually, it struck me. I thought, we need to make sure we line ourselves up. Because if we're not lined ourselves up with that, if we're indifferent about it, then I don't think God's <coughs> going to release it. There's a, there's a faith element to that. And we need to make sure, when it's necessary, we, we repent of indifference. Which means you change your mind. Not you wallow in sorrow about it or shame. It's actually, I'm choosing to rejoice. Yeah? I want you to make, will you make that choice to rejoice? I say, yeah, that is, and that's going to be so important for me. One of the, one of the outworkings of this, this year is actually, um, uh, we send teams all over the UK, over Europe, other places. Um, I'm off to South Africa later this year, um, to do some stuff. Um, and, uh, I, I, I get the benefit of reports back. So I, I hear churches say, wow, we had a team at our church has not been the same since we see miracles on the street. We've seen this, that, and the other. They say, wow, wow, wow. And, you know, and we, you know, there's activity every week we're out in, 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 in Gravesend doing stuff. It's time, it's time to have a mission here. So there's going to be one in May. <laughs> Which you can be part, you can be part of. You know, we're good at exporting it, but we do it every week. But actually, we think, hey, what? no. So get yourselves ready, because you can be part of it. You think you know, are you going to play a part in Eastgate this year? Yeah. We can do it. We're going to make it as easy as we possibly can for you. We're going to equip you. Got these lovely folks down here, We've got all sorts of good ideas about them. Would you like to be equipped in this? Be trained? Yeah, well, good. Because that's, that's what we're going to do. Would you like the opportunities? Yeah, we're going to make sure. Uh, what I love, actually, if you people get born again in the healing centre on, on a reasonably regular basis. Not, what, not the same ones getting born again. <laughs> it's not uncommon, actually, on a Saturday morning at the healing centre for people to be born again, is it? It's fantastic. So, you know, if you think, actually, it's, and it's just, so it is happening. It is happening around. The people actually being encountering God and actually there are decisions being made on the streets of Grey's End as well, aren't they? Probably most weeks. So it's happening, but there is a sense of actually we need to work out how that goes, turns into discipleship as well. Which is why the saved and added is really important. Church is really, really important. And we need to be a church that's, that's, that's good at welcoming and helping new people find their, find their place in God. Does that make sense? You can play a part in that. How do you do that? Say hello to somebody you don't know. Look out for the newcomers. Yeah? Be good news yourself. Be the smile. Yeah. We were tragedy if somebody came in here looking for Jesus and never got to speak to anybody. Could happen in a crowd. So I want to say is we've all got a part to play. And uh, if you never listen to as Mark's sermon, when must we talk about being part of God's dream? When, when in, it was within that no, was like definitely last year. So it, it was sometime. Last year, I think that would still be on, on, on the, the website as, as, a, as a podcast. Was it January last year? Wow. Really? Anyway, doesn't matter. Mark did a fantastic sermon about being part of God's dream. See, it's God's dream because it's God's heart. He wants people to be saved. We're not working against him. We're working with him. And I just believe that there's, there's, there's power on this. So, so you choosing in? Be excited about this. It's going to be great. We're going to do, we're going to still do all the rest of the stuff, you know, but actually, wow, let's push ourselves into this one and go for it.